0: God, we've come to a time in this service when we open the book of life, we read its pages and listen to its message. Uh, Trust, O Lord, that you will do something that can only be done by you, and that is to anoint your word and to send forth a message with purpose and intention that will not return void. Touch our ears to hear and touch our spiritual hearts to discern what the Spirit is saying to us today. In Jesus' name, Everybody said amen. Amen Amen and amen. There's one thing for certain, and that is change, isn't it? Change. We all go through change. Dad Spear and Mom Spear used to sing a song, Time has made a change in me. And I think every one of us in this house could say, Time makes a change. It changes things. It really does. Changes things. But for a church... Change doesn't mean that you change your relationship with your God who never changes. He is a God who said, I do not change. And he's not talking about how that he ever does differently. He's talking about I will never change my opinion about Jesus Christ and his offering for the sins of the world. You can trust me, I'll never change on that. And that's one of the great things that we have to trust our God for, is that he'll never change about salvation. He'll never take back his offer. He'll be faithful to what he has said he would do as far as the sin issue in our life. And we can trust that to walk into judgment that he will keep his word, that our sins are dealt with on the blessing of the Lord Jesus and his sacrificial offering. You can trust that. God said, I won't change. But isn't that a wonderful thing to know that he is steadfast on his opinion about salvation through Jesus. I love that because I'm trusting that future generations of Irwin's, well, my my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, should there ever be one, will have that same offer of salvation to them that I have for me. And that God will not change in the ages to come. He will still feel the same way he does. A million years from now, he will still feel the same about salvation through grace, through faith in the Lord Jesus. You think that's a good thing? Why don't you clap your hands a little bit and say, thank you, Lord. Because I'm banking on the fact that he is an unchanging God about that. Amen. Let's read in Acts chapter 3 and verse 11 through 17. There is an occasion there where an impotent man... Is changed. And he now has to transition into society. You see, some people don't really understand the difference between change and transition. Change is external. It's the things we do on the outside. Transition is internal. It means something happens on the inside. You see, some people are saved enough not to go to hell. But they're not saved enough not to go to the bar. They're saved enough to accept the change. They just never make it through the transition. Well, we better read the Word of God. That's too heavy. (laughs) And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, your version may say cling to Peter and John, All the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. Something had happened in the previous verses that caused a stir amongst the people of Jerusalem. And the Bible said it was astonishment, it was wonder, it was amazement that one of their own had experienced a change. An uh, outward external change. He at one time they all knew was an impotent man. A person that had never made a contribution to society. But on the contrary he always drew from it. He was always trying to get someone else to share their life with him. Because he did not have the power to share his life with anybody. His life was what some would call a a terrible plight. His life would be what some people would say uh, useless and a a life that was wasted. But to whatever advantage, the Lord had a purpose and a plan for this man. The people ran together at Solomon's porch, greatly wondering, I I just would like for God to do something in two thousand and 19 that would cause people to greatly wonder. I would to God that something would happen in Anniston, Alabama that would cause people to wonder. I would to God that something would happen at your house that the family would start to wonder at what God had done. I I wish something could happen at your place of business, at your your workplace that would happen there that was so certainly of God that everybody that was uh, witness to it would wonder with amazement about what God had done. You know, that's, that's how a church grows. You do know that, don't you? You do know that because of the great move of God in a church is how people are added to the church. Because many people come out of curiosity, but they stay under a spell of conversion. Many people come to see, they remain to seek. Many people come to see the church, worship, and observe the church, but they are born into the kingdom because they realize the truth of the experience. It seems nowadays that we've transitioned. Out of a time of God doing great things in our midst to just ordinariness and status quo, ordain and and mundaneness has taken its place among us. And one prophet saw that as being asleep. It's the same as being asleep. He would say to us, Awake, O church. Awake, O Christian, and Christ will give you light. Awake from your stupor, awake from your delusionment and come to the place that you realize God can do great things and God is the author of of miracles and great answers to prayer. And when that starts happening, then people come and want to observe and want to be a part of that. There's nothing that can take the place of wonder and amazement. Wonder and amazement. I remember the old revivals When I was a child and uh, my dad had an evangelist to come and preach a revival in that little tent that I told you about in Jasper, Tennessee. And thousands of people gathered on that premise from all over East Tennessee to come and hear Thea Jones preach. And when he had the prayer line, you know him probably also, Brother Ford. When he'd have the prayer line, there were people that would have garters on the side of their, their neck and he would pray for them and immediately Be healed. People would come with cancers on their face. He would pray for them. Those cancers would fall off literally in the floor. Blind people that they had known all their life to be blind would come and walk through a prayer line. He would pray for them and God would open the eyes of blind people. Now I want to tell you something. There's a reason why that little tent became a great church. It's because just such as that right there. When God is believed to do miraculous things. And not just believe, but when He does it. I feel some people sitting near me right now said, I don't believe that. And you know what? You'll never experience a miracle in your life because you don't believe it. Because if you don't believe that God can do things like that, then you won't ever experience anything like that. But I'll tell you, as a, a small child, I watched as those kind of things happened. I watched as God healed peeled crippled people that had been on crutches uh, for years. I've seen them throw those crutches away and rejoice. I actually have, in my ministry, I've, I had a guy one night, I've told you about it, had a cast on his leg and couldn't work and came up for prayer because he needed to work and support his family and needed God to heal him. I prayed for him. And I walked on praying for others and looked back and he had a knife out in his hand and was whittling on that cast. And I went over to where he was and I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm cutting this cast off. I said, well, why are you doing that? He said, because we prayed. All things, can anybody say all things? All things are possible to people who believe. You see, if you believe, Jesus said, if you believe, if you believe, then you can say to a mountain, be thou removed into the sea. Did Jesus not say that? Don't trust Jerry Irwin, trust Jesus. Did Jesus not say that? If you can just believe all things are possible. If you can just believe it. But the adverse of that is true too. If you don't believe, then get out of the line because it's not going to happen for you. Because that is for people who believe. And I believe that the church is is less fortunate. I believe the church is less than being what God wants it to be because we don't have faith to see God do those kind of things. And I believe the answer to a lot of problems we have could be resolved when God in great power and authority does miracles in the church. And I challenge you to tell me anywhere in this word where it says God ever stopped being almighty God or he ever lost his power, or ever suspended his love, or suspended his gracious activity. I want to tell you, God is just as willing today to do what he did in the past. But somehow the church has transitioned to a more passive. Somehow we transitioned out of that. There are actually people carrying credentials in the church of God right now that don't believe in these miracles I preach about. They forbid their people to speak with tongues. They forbid their people to lift their hands and shout in the church service. They refuse to have demonstrations of the power and the Spirit of God and, and use for an excuse that it's too frustrating for people who come. Well, I want to tell you something. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Hey, here's you another one. If you think, if you think a program's gonna get them here and you think some, some gizmo or gadget is gonna get them here, let me tell you, Jesus said, no man comes unto me except the spirit of God draws him. And no man calleth Jesus Lord except by the Holy Ghost. So program him out if you want to. Say it's frustrating if you want to. But I can tell you many, many instances of where people came and the Spirit of the Lord touched their heart and touched their life and drew them to the Pentecostal experience. Oh, David Isbell's mother used to come and visit with us and she and I would sing, I went there in spite, but oh God, that night, God certainly got a hold of me. Something got a hold of me, praise God. Yes, something got a hold of me. I went there to fight. But, oh, God, that night, God certainly got a hold of me. Whatever happened to a church like that? Whatever happened to a church that transitioned past that? Well, we don't want to be peculiar, Brother Jerry. We just don't want to be weird. We don't want that people to make fun of us and say we're crazy. And we don't want to hear their name calling and all of that kind of stuff. Well, I want to tell you something. If you can't take the heat, you need to get out of the kitchen. Mm. When Peter saw that the people were amazed, he answered to the people and said, Ye men of Israel, why marvel you at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us as though we by our own power, have made this man to walk. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers hath glorified his son Jesus whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the prince of life whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are his witnesses. And his name through faith in his name hath God made this man strong, whom you see and you know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I want that through ignorance ye did it, as did also your rulers." He doesn't take credit. He said it wasn't Peter's power. It was not John's power. It was the power of God. It's the power of the name of Jesus. It's the power that is in the message. Hey, there's something that accompanies the message when you preach Jesus. There is an authority. There is an anointing. There is a chain-breaking, spell-breaking prison-opening Power and authority that goes along with the message you preach about Jesus. You can't preach about Jesus without something happening. Brother, everywhere he is lifted up, everywhere he is called Lord, everywhere he he is blessed and exalted, everywhere you preach about that name, there is a power that takes place when you preach about that name. When we loose from our moorings, when we become untethered to the main message and we have sermonettes preached by preacherettes to Christianettes and water down that message that Jesus is the answer, that Jesus is the power, that Jesus is the way maker. Brother, when you loose from that mooring, then you've gone against the will of God and against the purpose. The Bible said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Preach the life-saving, life-changing gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You believe people can change? Brother Jerry, yes. I believe that people can change. You believe a drunkard can change and stop being a drunkard, stop being addicted to alcohol? Yes, I believe that. Why do you believe that? Because I know people that have done it. You believe people can get freed from drug addiction? Yes. Do you believe that people can get Freed from all kinds of emotional and painful addictions? Yes. You believe that personality disorders can be healed? Yes. You believe that people can recover? You believe that people can be restored? You believe that people can be rehabilitated and become brand new people unlike what they were ever before? Yes, I believe that. Why do you believe that? I just choose to believe the testimony of people in this Bible that Jesus made that kind of difference in their life. One day, a sinner, I found relief. Gone was my burden, gone was my grief. Angels were singing. And so was I, there was a reason Jesus passed by. You see, we've chosen to preach a social gospel and tickle the ears of people rather than to deliver the heart of the message that you can become a brand new person in the Lord Jesus, that He can make a difference in your life, that you can, yes, be delivered and set free, and then you can also walk a walk of purpose and plan in His will. You see, many people just can't get past the change and make the transition. Why? Because one thing happens on the outside, one thing happens on the inside. You see, when God changes you, glory to God, When God changes you, He'll help you transition. He will transition you away from some of your friends. He'll transition you away from some of your gathering places. He'll transition you away from some of the advice you used to get. You see, David said this, Lord, Create within me a clean heart. But he realized that God couldn't do something on the outside until he did something on the inside. He said, Lord, create within me a clean heart and put within me a rock. Help me transition. Wash my heart, clean up my heart Save me, but put something in me that'll help me walk the walk. Put within me a right spirit. There are a lot of folks that sought God for a clean heart. They just never did get a right spirit. And you know how you can tell that? Did you know the Word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intentions of the heart? You want to really stir up the devil's nest. You let the word of God go forth with great power and authority. That's going to mess up the devil's nest. He does not like to hear that kind of preaching. You know why? You know why? You know why? Say, no, tell me. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. It's because this word is the truth. And some would rather believe a lie and be damned than to hear the truth and be saved. They can sit through a spiritual cyclone. God can move all over the house and touch everybody in it and they're unfazed. How in the world can you go 34 years and not make one change? I've been here 34 years, and some of you haven't changed one bit. You wouldn't shout when I come here, you won't shout now. Wouldn't give a nickel to see an elephant stand on his head, you wouldn't give a nickel to see an elephant stand on his head now. Haven't grown any. Come on, somebody. Why are you looking at me? Transition. Somehow, we've transitioned to sitting and soaking. Listen, let me tell some of you something. They sell a marvelous product down yonder on the store. You most find find it at truck stops. It's called No-Dose. Get you some. I said get you some. Why? Because I don't like the way we've changed and transitioned. I don't like the fact that we turn around and look at somebody when they speak with tongues as if, my God, what is that all about? Like we've never heard that before. Turn around and look at somebody that's being blessed of God and they're looking up and, well, I wonder what in the world's going on with her. Well, it's what ought to be going on with you. something you think is so unusual with somebody else ought to be what's going on with you. People you think are crazy has got a whole lot more sense than you got. Since when did it become so odd for someone to worship and praise the Lord in church? But that's becoming a rare thing. Hey, one of these days, these old rabble-rousers like me are going to be gone, and you won't ever hear that again. And we'll find us a polar bear somewhere to pastor. And he'll skate down the aisle every Sunday morning and pull icicles off the pews. Hey, Pentecost was born in a fire. The Bible said our God is a consuming fire. He's not smoke and embers. He's a fire. He's a consuming fire. He's a God that is a fire. He's a fire. And the Bible said when you receive the Holy Ghost, the Bible said he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. By God, church, we can't make it without the fire. Somehow God has got to help us to rekindle a fire of evangelism, a fire that will burn us and move us, and motivate us. Wow. You know what? Transition is a place where we mostly get our opposition. I'm going to tell you, she's not here to defend herself, but I'm going to preach about her. You'll call her before I can get home anyway. That wife of mine, she is a gift shop at it. She loves gift shops. She cannot say no to a gift shop. It's hard to get her past the gift shop to set her down at Cracker Barrel. She can't wait to get through eating to get back out there in the gift shop. You know why they position those things like that? You go there to eat, but you can't eat until you pass through the temptation. It's planned that way. And when you get through doing what you came there to do, before you can get back to your car, you got to walk back through that place. Why, Pastor, do they position it that way? They put it near the door because that's where you come in and where you go out. That's where you transition. You know what you can expect? Expect the devil to couch his tempting, seductive problem, divisiveness, all at the entry points and the exit points. Change, the times of change. If you'll just think about it, our worst problems as a church have always come when we tried to transition. Every time something needed to change or change for purposes unknown to us, But for some reason, we had to put the gloves on and fight. Change is difficult for us. Transition is difficult for a church. That's because the devil knows, watch the entry places. Put your your plan, your scheme at the entry places. You know what, since we put these cameras in, they're supposed to be back there watching those screens right now. Hopefully they are. Jerry nodded. They are. Secure. You know what, when we got the assessment, when they were assessing this place, they said, Pastor, it's going to be hard to secure that building. I said, why? He said, too many entryways and too many exits. We've got to put a camera at every exit, at every entrance. We've got to put it because those are transition." He said, you've got to watch out for the transition points. The going in and coming out places. Watch them. You know what? If I was a a new preacher and just starting out, you know the view from the end zone's different, isn't it? From the kickoff tee, from the end zone, you'll get that picture in a minute. After I've been doing this 50 years, I look back and I, I see a lot. If I was to go all over again, I'd watch out for transition points. And if I was going to build sermons, I'd go to this book and I'd find transition places because that's usually where everything happens. At a gate, at a well, come on somebody, in a ditch, in a fiery furnace, in a lion's den. Hey, if you want to preach sermons, just go to the transition places. It's where things are changing. It's where things are coming in and things are going out. The devil knows that's the place to put his attack is at transition places when people are leaving and people are coming. Come on, somebody. Why? I asked the Lord this question. I said, God, why in the world is transition such a, 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 a place that we need to guard He said, because people are distracted. And when people get distracted, opportunities present themselves to people who are distracted. Somehow when we get in transition, we forget the main thing. Somehow when we get in transition, we let down our guard. Somehow when we get in transition, we're not focused. Come on, somebody. And the devil knows that that is an opportune time for him to attack because we're not on our guard. Some of the biggest surprises I ever got in my life were in transition. You'll discover things you never knew before in transition. Transition you'll find out things that you never were aware of in transition. That's why we need to be really careful. This man, no doubt, the church was in transition. This is the first miracle for the birthday church. Birthday church on day of Pentecost. Come down out of the upper room full of that power, full of that Holy Ghost. And them 120 people, freshly anointed with the power of God, come down out of that room, went out among the populace of that city and began to preach the word of God in the native tongue of everyone who would listen. And God wrought great miracles by the hands of the apostles. Great things were done. And the next chapter, 3, Put three up there for me, if you will, please. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Hey, you know what? I was reading the Bible the other day, and it messed up my preaching. (laughs) Have you ever read the Bible, and it messed up your preaching? Man, for years and years, I have preached that that man was laying at that gate. Laying down there by that gate. He can't walk. He can't do nothing but lay there. Lay there. The Bible said he was crippled from his mother's womb. All of his life he never took a step. All of his life people had carried him around. All of his life he was a cripple. He was unable to work and feed his family. All they could do was take from someone else and beg for alms. Look at what it says. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. Thank God for a time of prayer. Most people don't have that. A time of prayer at three in the afternoon. That's what time it was. Next verse. Now a man, the Bible says he was a certain man. A man was lame from birth and he was being carried to the temple gate. I always thought, Faye, he was at the gate. I preached, you know. He saw him at the gate and they reached down and picked him up at the gate. He wasn't at the gate. Read it. He was being carried to the gate. The gate was his spot because it was a transition place. It was where people were going in and coming out. Woo, y'all need to help me preach this thing. It was at that gate that was his spot. He was on his way to his spot. He had somebody carrying him to get to his spot. He was on his way. He wasn't there yet, but he is on his way. Some of you today aren't there yet, but you're on your way. Cindy, you told me last Friday, I think it was, Thursday maybe, that God had showed you That it's on its way. That the blessing of God was on its way. That God had showed you that God had a blessing and that God was going to touch and God was going to move and God was going to deliver and it's on its way. Are you on your way? Have you got a promise? Have you got a word from God that lets you know when you get to the spot that he's got the blessing, he's got the healing, he's got the deliverance, he's got the power? When you get to the spot and you're on your way, my Lord have mercy, are you on your way? This man wasn't at his spot. He was going to his spot. But it wasn't there yet. I believe God's got some healing and some deliverance and some help for some people today that are on their way to the spot. They're not there yet. It hadn't happened yet. You're still praying about it. You're still believing God about it. You're still telling your friends it's going to happen. You're still telling people everywhere, at some point, God's going to meet this need for me. At some point, God is going to move. At some point, God's going to bless, and you're on your way to that place, and you walk by faith, not by sight. And for this man, God... Said, you own your way, but I'm going to bless you on your way. I'm not going to wait till you get to the spot. I'm going to bless you on the way. He was being carried. Where he was put every day, it was his spot. How do you know it was his spot? Because every day they put him there, it was his spot. And though people had walked over him and stepped over him, people that believed God could heal him had walked right by him. But on this day when God said, It's your time. It's your time. It's your time. time," He was on his way to that place. Glory. Next verse. When he saw Peter, Peter and John about to go in. He said, hey, I'm about to lose a customer here. Hey, some potential's getting, getting out the way. I better strike while the iron's hot here. I better not let this opportunity get away here. These, these guys are going to be gone in a minute. Uh, hey, 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 hold it, hold it. I'm, I'm coming. They're going to get me there. Hurry up, guys. Hurry up. I, I got to get my cup. I got to get my cup lifted up here to these guys. Because I might get get some change. I might get some silver and some gold. I might get some coins. I might get some change. But God said, yeah, there's going to be a change, but you can't put it in a cup. There's going to be a change, all right, but it's not something that you can measure, it's not something you can flip a coin for it's it's something that's going to make life different for you, it's a transition that's going to happen in your life, you're going to change forever you're going to be blessed of God you're going to be a new creature you're looking for change I got you some change but it doesn't go in the cup doesn't go in a cup he said, In the name of Jesus, in that name that is above every name, that name at which demons shake and tremble, he said, At the name of Jesus, rise up from there and walk. And the Bible said he had it immediately. Have you ever had it immediately? The Bible said, and immediately he stood up. I said he stood up. Immediately he stood up. And when he stood up, glory be to God, those hands straight up in the air. The Bible said he immediately stood up, leaping up, stood, some versions say. He leaped to his feet lifted his hands and began to praise and worship. Something happened on the outside and it caused something to happen on the inside. Because when he realized I can stand up, then something happened on the inside that said, you need to praise and thank the one who made you stand up. Oh, hallelujah. He gives us a touch so that we can stand up. And then we need to praise him who gave us that ability to stand up. And then the Bible said he went his way. What did he do, pastor? He went to walking. When he got up, the next move for him was start walking. Glory to God when the Lord touches you and heals you of your impotency, when God heals you of your affliction, when God rids you of that awful infirmity that has you bound, when he looses you, there ought to be immediate praise. There ought to be a thank you, Jesus. There ought to be a hallelujah. There ought to be a praise the Lord. There ought to be something about you that would say, God, I appreciate what you have done for me. Is there anybody in this house that can say, thank you, Lord, for touching me? Thank you, Lord, for lifting me up. Thank you, God, for healing my body. Thank you, God, for changing my plot in life. Thank you for giving me a future worth living. Thank you for giving me a place in the kingdom of God. Thank you, Jesus, that you came by and touched me when I needed it. I'm so glad Jesus lifted me. I'm so glad he swung that door open for me. I'm so glad he reached out his hand for me. I was lost and undone without God nor his son, but that's when he reached down his hand for me. Love lifted me. When I was sinking deep in sin, love lifted me. Oh, blessed God, this man began walking. This man began walking. Is there anybody in this house today that's on your way to your spot? On your way, anticipating a answer from God? Anticipating deliverance? Anticipating healing? Well, I want you to come down here to this altar with me and let me pray a prayer before you leave this house today. I won't be long, I promise. If you'll just come and pray a prayer with me. God bless you as you come. Hallelujah, Amy. That's the way you walk, honey. Hallelujah. He did something for you. He lifted you up. Now you walk for Him. Glory to God. Jerry, He lifted you up. Put strength in those legs. Gave you hope. Walk for Him. Walk for Him. He changed me. Now I'm going to transition for Him. I said He walked Calvary's road and He he lifted me, changed me, and I'm going to transition for Him. I'm going to become that brand new person that I'm supposed to be. How many of you are on your way to your spot? Is anybody here? On your way to your spot. I've got a word from God, I've got an answer from God. He's told me that He's going to answer my prayer. I'm on my way to that place. I've been seeking Him, I fasted. God's got an answer. I'm on my way to my spot. On my way. Every day I go to my spot. Every day I pray. Every day. But one day when I go, I'm going to find out he's there. Well, I've come today to tell you that he's got the blessing for you on your way to the spot. On your way to the spot. On your way to the spot. On your way to that place where you've been begging. On your way to that place. When you're drawing off of somebody else. On your way to that place where they have to carry you to get to. God's going to do something for you today that you won't have to be carried anymore. God's going to do something for you that you won't have to live off of somebody else's strength anymore. Oh, come on, come on. God's going to do something for you that you won't have to look around to see who you might could get a gift from anymore. He's going to do something for you today in this place, at this time, because you're at your spot right now. He's Oh, thank you, God. You're at your spot right now. You're at your spot. Now let me tell you how you receive from God. You open up. Jesus said, if any man will open the door, I want you to open the door right now. Only you can open that door. I can't open it for you. I said, I can't open that door for you. You've got to open the door. Is there anybody here willing to open the door? Is anybody here that will say, I'm going to open the door? Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, right now in Jesus' name, I have brought this congregation to this altar. This altar where you said, if you'll build an altar, I'll meet you there. God, you're here today. I feel your presence. I feel your power. I feel your grace, I feel your love, I feel you're in our midst. You promised to be here and you're here. And God, you're here with your power. You're here with your anointing. You're here with your chain breaking anointing. God, there are people all over this altar area right now that are opening the door. And they're saying, Lord, I want you to come into my situation. I want you to come into my need. I want you to come into my infirmity. I want you to come into my hardship. I want you to come into my difficulty. I'm on my way to my spot, but God, you said you'd bless me on the way. Pastor said it. You anointed him to say it to me, and I believe it so, and I accept it right now that it is true. And in Jesus' name right now, oh God, I receive receive the answer to my prayer. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Don't look at your neighbor. Don't look at me. Don't look at anything around you. You just close your eyes. And I want you to hear the Lord Jesus speaking to you right now, telling you, You may be on your way, but I've heard your prayer. You've opened the door, and I'm going to do what I promise to do. I'm going to walk into your situation. I'm going to walk into that need. I'm going to walk into that hurt. I'm going to work, walk into that unforgiveness. I'm going to walk into that anger. I'm going to walk into that deceitfulness. Right now, you open the door, and I'm going to walk through that door. Thank you, God. Would somebody say, Come on in, Lord? Oh, shabahaha, Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Come on in, Lord. Come on in, Lord. Come on in, Lord. Not my way, but your way. Not my will, but your will. You receive right now in Jesus' name. Receive right now in Jesus' name. Take your hand and reach out there, right like that. There you go, right like that. And grasp it as if it were in your hand. Grasp it as if it were in your hand. Take hold of it. Take hold of it. Own it. It's yours. Now put it in your heart. The Bible said that old publican smote himself upon the breast said, Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Lord, have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon me. God, touch me at the point of my need. I've prayed about it. I've fasted. I've had others pray about it. I've wore anointing cloths. I've stood in. I've done everything I know to do, God. But you said on my way to my spot, you said you'd hear my prayer and you'd answer my prayer. Own it right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. For some reason, the Lord wants me to have you to speak it out. I claim my financial miracle in Jesus' name. I claim my health in Jesus' name. I claim my son in Jesus' name. I claim the salvation of my daughter in Jesus' name. I claim deliverance from uh, evil in Jesus' name. I claim uh, deliverance and freedom from addiction in Jesus' name. I accept right now from the hand of the Lord Jesus the need of my heart. And I accept it. I speak it out right now in Jesus' name. Freedom, freedom, healing, healing, supply, supply in Jesus' name. I own it. It's mine in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, thank you, God. I just sense all over this place the hand of God moving right now. All over this place. I can see on your faces. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Worry, doubt, fear, Be gone. Be gone. I've worried about this long enough. I've fought this battle long enough. It has plagued me and followed me around long enough. Right now, in Jesus' name, I leave it right here in this altar. I refuse to live one more day under that cloud. I refuse to go to work one more day under that dread. I refuse one more day to live in that worry and anxiety. In Jesus' name, I'm leaving it right here. I'm on my way to my spot and God has given me assurance today that it's gonna be all right. I'm healed, I'm delivered, I'm blessed. The need is supplied in Jesus' name. I'm a victor, not a loser. I'm a winner, not a loser. I'm a recipient of God's grace and God's power and God's love and God's mercy. In Jesus' name, my life is changed. My life is changed. I will never, ever again be a slave to fear and doubt and worry and frustration. In Jesus' name, I'm free. Mm. Oh, whoa, whoa. Brother Mark, I'm trying to get to a dismissal place, but I just can't get there. I don't want one person to leave this altar today carrying something that you don't want and you don't need. I don't want one person to go out that exit and entrance out there. And as soon as you get to that exit, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. That old enemy that sets up his his booth at these exit places, these transition places, he's going to try to talk you out of it. I said he's gonna try to talk you out of it. Don't you be talked out of it. Don't you leave here until I know you can walk out that door and not be talked out of it. We're made overcomers by the word of our testimony. Would you testify for just a minute to the person standing beside you? I'm an overcomer. God has heard my prayer. God has answered my prayer. He's met my need. God has met my need. God has met my need. I will not walk in want anymore. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He prepares for me. He cares for me. He goes before me. He knows next week. He knows next month. He knows my uprising and my sitting down. He knows my going out and my coming in. He knows all about me. And he who keeps me will not fail. And he who keeps me will not ever succumb to anything that comes my way. Nothing, nothing. Somebody say nothing. Nothing can talk me out of it. I'm his child. I'm his child. I'm his child. And no good thing will he withhold from me because I love him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right, it's praise time. You ready to praise now? Time to praise. Best praise you got. Come on, lift it up. 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 God, thank you, Jesus. Blessed be, name, blessed be your name, God. Blessed be your name, God. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, God. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, God. Blessed be your name. Bless your name, God. Bless your name, God. Bless your name, God. God. Showers, showers of mercy and grace. and grace in the presence of the Lord. There's healing in the presence of the Lord. There's deliverance. Deliverance in the presence of the Lord. How awesome is His presence. Awesome is His presence. Anybody receive anything from God today? I need to see your hand. Thank you, God. You know what? For one time we voted unanimous on something. For one time, we're going to all leave here saying, I got what I came for. Got what I came for. I expected to find it, and I got it. I got what I came for. Thank you, God, for allowing us to be in your presence today. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. In your presence, there's light and there's healing. Lord, we thank you. Don't ever leave us, God. Don't leave us. Please, don't ever leave us. God, don't ever let us get so proud. Don't ever let us get so cold. Don't ever let us get so passive, Lord, that we would lose this intensity. Please, God, help us as Spirit-filled people to retain the fervency of the Spirit in our midst. Don't let us take it for granted, God. Don't let us become status quo and ordinary. This world that's in crisis needs a church that's in revival. Oh, Lord, let there be a revival in the people of God. Let there be a revival at harvest. And, Lord, let it begin in me. God, go with us now from this assemblage today and keep us safe from harm and danger. And may we serve you in the light that shines upon our path. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen and amen.